Diamondbacks and the Tigers begin a three-game series tonight at Detroit. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And for the latest on the Tigers, we're now joined in the sports zone by Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic. And, Cody, good to have you on the show. And let's start now. The Tigers are 26-34 and 34 entering the season, season opener tonight, 14-13 and 13 at home. How would you describe the, the first uh, you know, 60 games of the season? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And, and secondly, it's been an interesting 60 games. There's no doubt about that. I think, you know, really for 50 of those games, it seemed like the Tigers were punching above their weight, hanging in the thick of a AL Central race that is wide open for the taking. You saw a young team that was fun, had some energy. Riley Green's finding its stride. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching like a Cy Young winner. Yeah. Uh, and then you're kind of a crash back to reality. Green and Rodriguez, they're now both on the I.L. The Tigers have lost eight of nine and six in a row. Uh, seems like their season is suddenly in, on thin ice a little bit. Um, it's been a rough stretch of baseball, and that they are dealing with a lot of injuries, trying to find a way to tread water until they get some players back. Uh, but so far, it hasn't worked out like that. Okay, we'll get into the, some of those things in some detail uh, here shortly. First up, I want to mention A.J. Hinch. He's the Tigers manager. He's a former Diamondbacks manager. Even though many years ago I quit blaming Hinch for you know the Diamondbacks days, he was just placed in a situation he wasn't ready for by then-general manager Josh Burns. Yeah, Hinch, of course, later won a World Series with the Astros. How would you evaluate Hinch as the Tigers manager? Yeah, I think Hinch is pretty well regarded around Detroit. I think uh, he's found a way to press a lot of the right buttons. He tinkers a lot in-game. He's been a very hands-on in-game manager. And I think for the most part, you can see his fingerprints on a lot of the good things that have happened uh, with the Tigers. From the outside, I don't know how much credit he gets because you look at the record and, look, they're not very good. Uh, but I think Hinch, he definitely did it his first year here in 2021. Things did not go as well last year. Uh, but overall, it seems like he's, he's found a way to get through to some players and maximize the little bit of talent he has. Uh, I think everyone in Detroit is interested to see what A.J. Hinch could do uh, if he ever gets a more talented roster um, with the Tigers. Spencer Torkelson also has a local connection, having played at Arizona State before he was the first overall pick for the Tigers. He's hitting 223, five homers, 26 runs batted in, and 250 plate appearances. How disappointing are those numbers, and is there some hope for improvement this season? Yeah, it's been kind of fascinating to watch Torkelson over the past two years. You know there's a lot of talent. You know there's a great hitter in there. You can go look at the underlying metrics and the stat cast data. and he, he ranks highly in exit velocity and hard hit rate, and there are these numbers that continue to uh, indicate that there could be some hope, some room for improvement, maybe even a sign of breakout is coming. And yet, kind of feels like we've been saying that for a while now. Uh, it just hasn't translated to those on-field results. I think the Tigers have plenty of patience with Torkelson. They think his approach is a lot better than it was last year. Wing mechanics are a little cleaner than they were last year. Uh, behind the scenes, he seems more relaxed, more confident. You could tell he was pressing last season as a rookie. Um, so you keep seeing small little good signs, but you're just waiting for that breakthrough, and it's got to come at some point, right? Uh, the question yeah. is, how long is that going to take, and at what point you know, do, do you admit maybe it's not coming? Uh, Torkelson's kind of been a case study in how much patience do you give a young player. doesn't always come easily. doesn't always come automatically. 
Um, but, but kind of what's that breaking point? I think that's what everyone's looking for with Torkelson right now. The biggest question about Torkelson when he was here at Arizona State was his defense and how that might translate after he left here. How has he been at first base? Yeah, that's kind of a good question. I think uh, you just look at the eye test, and sometimes it seems like Torkelson's a very good first baseman. He leads the league in, in scoops. He does a good job fielding throws from the bag. He's like Javi Baez is always throwing the ball in the dirt, and Torkelson's always bailing him out. Uh, but... <laughs> But then you look a little deeper, and his defensive metrics are really lacking. He struggled on balls in play. Hard hit grounders really seems to struggle with pop flies hit behind him. You know, the Tigers, of course, tried him out as a third baseman in the minors for a little bit. That was kind of a failed experiment. You see signs of a good defender at first, but uh, the, the data actually suggests a guy who's really struggling right now defensively. Cody Stavenhagen of the Athletic Curling the Sports Zone. Um, you mentioned Javi Baez hitting 220 so far. Uh, does his large contract and limited production make him difficult or maybe even impossible to trade? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, it's, uh, it's, there are definitely Tigers fans who are always saying, hey, send them to the Dodgers, right? Uh, my response <laughs> to that is, what makes you think that the Dodgers or anyone else wants Javi Baez? <laughs> You know, there yeah. is some name recognition there, but uh, the production hasn't been there. He is still a very good defender, despite the, the series of bad throws that I mentioned. Uh, he can still get hot with the bad and then get ice cold. He's, he's kind of the same bias he always has been, except those highs just have not been near as high in his time with the Tigers. Uh, he has an opt-out after this season. Hard to see him exercising that. The Tigers are, are committed to pay him for uh, the rest of this season, and, and I believe three or four more years after that. Right now, it's not looking like a good contract, and it's certainly not looking like a contract that will be easy to unload. Staying with the trade theme, you mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez. He has a 213 run average. His whip is 0.98. Was maybe the top target pitching-wise in uh, the trade market in baseball before he was placed on the 15-day injured list with the finger injury here recently. What's his injury prognosis, and has that altered his trade value? Yeah, a little bit hard to know. I think it's a very complicated discussion. His injury is a uh, a pulley injury, basically the thing that attaches the, the tendon to the bone in his index finger uh, ruptured, mm. and it's a little bit of a rare injury, hard to know without seeing the MRIs, how long he's going to be out. I talked to a doctor about it, and it sounds like probably six weeks minimum uh, until he's able to really start throwing with high intensity. And then the question is how quickly can he get back up to the major league level? Um, and all that, you know, it looks like he could be cutting it close to the trade deadline. Uh, I think there are a lot of factors kind of swirling there. Is he healthy before the deadline? If he's not, is he still likely to opt out at the end of the year? The Tigers do deem he's likely to opt out. Can they still get as much value in return as they would like, given the injury? Um, I I think it's kind of a difficult conversation, and a lot of it will depend on how long it takes him to get back healthy. Uh, My inclination is still to think, look, he was having a really, really good year. He's going to be back this year at some point. Uh, Given what we saw the market look like for starting pitchers this past offseason, even with the injury, I think there's a good chance he still opts out. I think that makes him probably the Tigers' best tradable asset, probably in their best interest to trade him. But what was already a little bit of a difficult conversation gets even tougher given the injury. 
Speaking of injured pitchers, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal. Skubal has an Arizona connection. All those guys at one time, highly thought of, but now on the injured list. Is, is there a theory as to why all these Detroit young pitchers have been injured? Uh, yeah, brutal when you list it off that way, right? Again, tough to say. We know pitchers get hurt. We know drafting pitchers is risky. Uh, the Tigers under former GM Al Avila kind of staked their whole rebuild on starting pitching. They viewed it as the most valuable commodity in the game, um, and I think that's probably correct. But I think the reason it's the most valuable commodity in the game is exactly what we've seen. It's hard to develop pitchers, and it's hard to keep them healthy. Uh, the Tigers have drafted guys um, in mind who always seem to be a little bit at risk for injury. You know, Matt Manning's had some arm issues, and right when it seems like he's getting healthy, he takes a comebacker off the foot. That's kind of a freak uh, injury. Scooble, you know, had Tommy John in college. You would think he's good to go, but then he suffers a flexor tendon injury. Um, that's kind of the million-dollar question in baseball and has been for a long time. How do you keep pitchers healthy? Was yeah. it something the Tigers were doing wrong? I don't know. They did make um, some sweeping changes to their strength and medical staffs over the, this past offseason. Um, and I think they're kind of looking for answers like the rest of the baseball injury industry is. I think it comes back to the Tigers took a little bit of a gamble taking this whole thing on pitching, and uh, it has not worked out well. Talking with Cody Stabenhagen of The Athletic, talking Tigers. Of course, they uh, begin a three-game series tonight against the Diamondbacks in Detroit. Uh, staying on the injury front, you mentioned Riley Green, top position player, a young player, certainly top young position player. He was doing a lot. He was doing a lot of good things. Uh, hitting 296, five homers, six stolen bases, some really good center field play in the really big Comerica Park. But he was recently placed on the injured list with a leg injury. What has stood out about Green before the injury, and how long might he be sidelined? Yeah, Green's a really intuitive young player. He's he's uh, just kind of been a natural talent who has a great feel for the game. Soared through the minor leagues, took a little bit of a tough adjustment to the big leagues last season. Um, but like Torkelson, you would always see those signs, right? And then unlike Torkelson, Green really hit that breakthrough this year. Um, seemed like hits were always falling. The ball was always jumping off his bat. He started tapping into some pull side power a little bit. And, you know, metrics would paint him as an average center fielder, but it seems like he's always making highlight real catches in center field. Uh, just a guy who has a great feel at the plate. He can swing and miss a little bit. The strikeouts were piling up, but he has that innate ability to adjust. You know, Green's a guy with a really, really high ceiling. I would put him absolutely in the same class as Corbin Carroll, even if maybe he doesn't get quite as much national attention. Uh, but now, you know, Green, he suffers a stress fracture or stress reaction in his left leg. Again, a little bit tough to know how long it's going to keep him out, but sounds like probably six weeks minimum again. So that happened the day after Eduardo Rodriguez went on the injured list. Really a devastating 24 hours there for the Tigers and, and looking like it might turn into a devastating six-plus weeks. Back on the pitching front, Alex Lang has been really good as a closer. In fact, great as a closer until the last couple of outings. Uh, no big deal or reason for concern those last couple of outings. Man, it's not fun being a closer or a reliever in the big leagues, right? Those are kind of volatile yeah. jobs by nature. Uh, I think Lang has exceptional stuff, uh, one of the best, the best swing and miss curveball in baseball. 
Uh, his command suffered a little bit the last couple outings. Fastball command suffered a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's cause for concern. I think it's one of those things that's going to happen throughout the course of the season. It's kind of unfortunate. It, it led to blow-ups and, and losses in back-to-back games. Obviously, you want to see Lane dial it back in and get back on track, but I think we've seen enough from him now to know that this is a guy with really good stuff, a guy you can generally trust in the late innings. Um, it's just kind of a matter of, okay, how long will it take him to, to really get dialed back in? The trade deadline, less than two months away. Any thought of how Detroit might attack that? Yeah, uh, a little bit tough to know, given the state of the Central, right? We've sat here and kind of yeah. listed off a lot of unfortunate things with the Tigers, and then they're three and a half games out of first place in a really bad division with uh, their two best players and some other important assets on the injured list. Just given the state of this roster, I think it will still be uh, most likely the Tigers are sellers by the deadline unless they just really get hot between now and then. I think you know this is a team that has a lot of holes that needs to fill, that really needs to find a way to acquire some hitting talent. So we've talked about Rodriguez. If he's healthy, he's their most natural trade option. They'll have some other guys on expiring deals, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, who's having a really good season, could be a, an attractive starting pitcher. Uh, and then I think the question becomes how aggressive do they want to sell? Do you want to part with some controllable young relievers like an Alex Lang, like a Jason Foley? question there is kind of what can you get in return? I don't know if the Tigers would be looking to make that move for kind of a middling bat, uh, but if, if the right return is there, that could certainly happen. So, you know, I think they'll, they'll I think they're going to end up sellers. The question is how much are they going to you mentioned Lorenzen. He's scheduled to start tonight. Uh, he's been uh, teasing us fantasy players for years, whether it be a starter or reliever, or maybe even a little bit when he was a position player. Uh, yeah. But he has a two twenty, uh, three twenty one earned run average in fifty three innings. What's your evaluation of him so far this season? Yeah, he's been really good, and uh, one of those guys who a little bit surprising. Like I was watching him in spring training, and I was like. I just don't see what the Tigers saw here. Like, I don't really see the stuff. I don't, you know, nothing Nothing really jumps off the page about Lorenzen. But then the deeper we've gotten to this season, it's, oh, okay, no, the Tigers were right. They saw something that a lot of other people didn't. This guy who simplified his arsenal a lot. Um, I mean, he was throwing six or seven different pitches at one point. And it was kind of like, okay, how about instead of throwing six pitches, you focus on your three best pitches, fastball, slider, changeup throw him really well and that's kind of what he's done he tweaked the change up a little bit it seems like the tigers have done a very good job giving him uh, a plan of attack and he's done a very good job of just going out and executing it kind of finally looking like the pitcher a lot of people thought he could be earlier in his career things are things are coming together nicely for him and he's on a really good run right now one more pitching question here. You know, recent minor league call-up, uh, Reese Olsen, I think he was called up over the weekend. He, play, he pitched yesterday as kind of the uh, second guy, uh, and he was impressive at, uh, at Philadelphia. What, what's your take on him, on Olsen at this point? Yeah, a guy who's shown a lot of talent, struck out a lot of guys last year in the minor leagues, got up to a rough start this season in AAA, was really struggling with his command. His fastball has always been pretty hittable. But he has a really good slider, a really good changeup. Uh, his ERA was in the sixes in AAA when he got called up to the big leagues due to injuries. So it was easy to see that going awry, right? Well, it turns out he carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning in his debut against the White Sox and then 
got the job done last night um, against the Phillies. So I've been kind of a pleasant surprise there for Riefels. And this is a guy who has some talent, but for him to sustain it, um, he's going to have to be able to get the pass ball by hitters. He's going to have to be able to throw the fastball for strikes. Gone pretty well through his first two outings, um, but I think he still has some room to grow before he can really emerge as a major league starter. Okay, so what else should I be asking you, or and uh, and or uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend with the Diamondbacks and the Tigers in the three game series? Yeah, it seems like we've covered a lot. I think I think I'm looking forward to watching the Diamondbacks. Obviously, you guys have a heck of a ball club around there, and a team that stands. Uh, in pretty stark contrast to the Tigers, right? A young core that has made it to the majors and has all uh, had a pretty quick adaptation to the majors. Um, some starting pitching has worked out so far. Uh, some pretty good health. A team that lost 110 games two years ago and is now leading their division, kind of a reminder, oh, these things don't always have to take seven-plus years like we've seen with the Tigers. I think it's kind of a really interesting parallel, just the uh, trajectory of these two organizations. Yeah, I'm sad that Green's not going to be able to play. I would have been fun. Would have been fun watching uh, he and uh, and Corbin Carroll for three days, uh, among other things, roaming the outfield at Comerica, huh? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Cody, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Thanks much. Uh, we'll do it again, I'm sure, someday. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Cody. David Hagen of the Athletic.